Hi, everybody. Super excited today. We have Frank, our fitness guru, and uh, he's amazing. He's been fit, doing fitness all his life, you know, and he has got, and he's excellent at who he is and what he does. I've got to just say that. And I'm, it's a real pleasure to have you here, Frank. I know uh, that uh, you do fitness all the time. You are fitness. You teach fitness, and you do it yourself, and you have clients that you work with, and you're working with us now, and we appreciate it because uh, you bring a lot of experience to the table. And I think you told me today that you're going to be talking about creating a fitness plan that will take you or anybody from A to Z. And I guess the most important thing, if I'm, I'm under, if I'm understanding correctly, or one of the most important things is where do you get started from? How do you figure that part out? So thank you for sharing with us and um, and how do you get started with the fitness plan and take it from A to Z? And how do you figure out where you start from? That's probably a big one too, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's exciting to talk about this type of stuff. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well for the holidays. So I'll go ahead and start off with saying that um, essentially you have to kind of know where you're at from a an evaluation standpoint. You know, for example, like uh, the most important things to probably starting a fitness program is where your flexibility lies. And if you are lacking flexibility, like you're really tight in your muscles and um, they're they're very rigid, you're not going to be able to do a lot of whole different things without actually uh, developing some flexibility first. Uh, so, for example, like if your you know goal is to run five miles and you know you haven't ran in forever, but you're trying to uh, you know get started, even just walking you know one mile is going to leave your body very sore. So you have to be able to uh, understand that flexibility is a huge component to that, and one of the ways to help get yourself loose and ready is what I call dynamic stretching and then myofascial release, whether it's using a foam roller or a foam ball or something like that, essentially giving yourself a massage is what it's doing, but you have to release the tension in the muscles so that way you can safely and effectively do your beginning part of your program. Now, that that would be the A to me, like the, from taking you from A to Z, like your initial evaluation kind of figuring out uh, how much flexibility you need, how tight your body is, um, what type of movement patterns you can do without actually uh, affecting yourself in a negative way. Like, for example, if you're doing a squat again, but your calves are so tight and your ankles are so tight and your back is so tight and your hamstrings are so tight that you fold over like a lawn chair as you squat because you can't, you know, get much postural upright because wow. of the tightness. Well, if you're starting to put a load on your spine by trying to do squats or even just body weight squats, just their body weight load, um, you're not training the muscles correctly. So now you're actually working the incorrect muscles, which is possibly putting you on the wrong path to get into that Z. So you have to start on the right path in order to, to get towards the path that you want to go. So like I said, the initial evaluation would be more of, uh, your flexibility and, and dynamic stretching and stuff like that, seeing where what you can and can't do. And then there's your cardiovascular assessment, trying to figure out 
um, where you're at from a cardiovascular standpoint. I mean, maybe you're a walker. Maybe, uh, you know, you do a few flights of stairs every day at work or uh, maybe you're extremely sedentary or, you know, maybe you are active, but you're trying to, you know, your goal is to get to Z on a different sport. So you're trying to cross train over. Um, all these are factors of where you would start. And then once you, you, you know, figure that part out, then you start setting a plan. Okay. So now let's see if we're going to run five miles and, you know, we are starting to walk one mile and we got the flexibility going and we understand that. Now let's talk about the, you know, other elements to getting you through that mile. So hydration, proper sneakers, um, proper workout uh, material that you're wearing, uh, proper nutrition in general, so that way you could have a, a great recovery, and then you'll be ready to bump your challenge up to the next level um, as soon as possible. So, you know, let's say the first week you're walking about four or five miles, and then the next week you're doing about seven to eight, and then the next week we're starting to, to jog for, you know, 20 seconds and then walk for two minutes and, you know, you start with a ratio, let's say one to six like that. And you're gradually working it down until you can actually, you know, jog and work on your footwork and work on your breathing and so on and so forth, the actual elements of your exercise. And then you start taking it to the next level. So for example, if you want to get to that running at five miles, that's your end goal. That's your Z. And your A is, you know, like I said, the flexibility and, and figuring out where you can start from an actual overall exercise standpoint. Then you start making your, your the points together, starting with the plans. You know, when is your five miles uh, goal set? You know, are you trying to run it, uh, let's say, in, in January? You know, so it's really quick coming up. Or are we looking right. at a, a more realistic, probably like in March or something like that? or you have plenty of time to do it safely and, and train for it. Um, it's possible to reach it in January, but you're, you know, you're making yourself at a higher risk for injury because you're, you're jumping a lot of letters there going from A to Z. You're not giving yourself the, the proper gradual, you know, progress in the sense you're, you're taking leaps and bounds and not all of our bodies can handle that. We're not all athletes. Athletes can do that, but not a lot of us can. Um, so, you know, you start setting the points of, uh, you know, you want to meet this mile marker, let's say a, a two-mile run by, you know, the end of January, you know, and then uh, the goal after that is to, you know, reach the five miles at the mid-February point, but, you know, just completing it. And then we start working on getting your time less and less. So we're working on longer distance work, shorter, faster distance work, <laughs> Um, to be able to increase your, your VO2 max, your oxygen uptake, and gradually work from there. So if you have everything working for you in the plan, the progress is pretty simple that you'll see going forward as long as you're putting the work and effort in. And to me, it's, it's just like business. Like if you don't have a plan, you're setting yourself up for failure because to try to figure out how to get there, you know, the, the A to Z is – not that difficult if you put the effort into it or if you have somebody help you out doing that. But if you just try to say, well, I just want to run five miles in January, I'm going to go out there and start running. Well, you know, that's like me saying, you know, I've never driven a car before and I want to go buy a, a Porsche and then start driving around. Like it's not, you know, it's not realistic. It's not uh, safe. You know, I might be able to do it, you know, but I might, you know, screw up the car and, you know, break it or crash it or something else. 
But, you know, I might get it through it safely. You know, there's always a, that chance. But, you know, why risk it? Like, do it safely, do it correctly, and do it, the you know, the natural progressions that it should. So that way you can feel and see and and actually, you know, have a high chance of success. So that way you can get to your your goal. And that's what it, what I mean by getting from A to Z with a map. Because without a plan, you're setting yourself up for failure. You can't just say you want to do something. How are you going to get there and where are you starting? And if that's your goal of getting to that end point, then you got to set up a plan of knowing all those factors because it's just not going to happen magically. We can't just, you know, wave a wand and say you want to do it. You, that's why so many people give up. Like they say, like, you know, the statistics are ridiculous. Most people, you know, get a gym membership, for example, and within two weeks, they they don't end up going but like once and then they you know don't go again because it becomes overwhelming in a sense and they say most people that get a trainer in the first two weeks they're at the very least you know they'll keep their membership for a year and then if they continue training and they see success they're more likely to to stay continuing going to the gym for multiple years and if they continue seeing training and success towards their goals and they, they like everything they're doing and they got a good trainer, they're, they're in it pretty much for life because it's, you know, exercise in general and training in general, you know, and, and just getting your body right, it's not just a, a thing. It's, it's a lifestyle choice. You know, it's, it's not just a, a thing you do. It's, it should be part of your life in a sense because – if you're doing something that you don't like, you're probably not going to do it very long. So if you don't like right. running, but your goal is to run five miles, well, you're probably not going to work towards that and do it. So make sure it's something that you enjoy doing. Um, or if you've never tried it before, you know, in a sense, and then you try to do it in a sense. But you have to enjoy what you do. And I always try to make that point to people when I'm training them because, if you're not liking what you're doing, then I'm doing a terrible job as a trainer, you know, in the sense, you know, I'm going to make you do some stuff that you don't like, but I'm going to make, I'm going to give you some things that you do like, because I want to keep you motivated. And I'm going to constantly talk to you about how, you know, your progress is going and, and how uh, different, why we're doing different things. And just to be able to show you kind of the, the differences between the way you're training and let's say the some, way somebody else is training and why right. I do that and all the different elements that are in there because it's important. You know, it's, I'm a big believer in that. Like everything, the smallest things are, are sometimes the most important things, whether it's technical, whether it's mental, whether it's just overall uh, the equipment or exercises that you're doing. Wow. I have a question. That's great, by the way. I was like, wow, because uh, flexibility has been challenging for me um two you know i started doing pilates uh and stretching like today we uh i did a 500 meter row to see how fast I, it was a benchmark row for me and so i stretch really i stretch about the first five or ten minutes so i can make sure that i could i could do it and you know what frank it, it was challenging but it i did it with a lot more ease because i stretched because i i said i gotta work on my flexibility you know i think there are people that are born like that more flexible than others i'm sure right um but to, to, oh, absolutely. And, and there's yeah. people that you know that even though they're flexible like dancers and so on and so forth they still have to continuously stretch because they get knots they get cramps they get 
um, you know, and, and stretching prevents injuries. Just just tightness alone, even though they're really flexible, they can still have tightness. You know, the, the muscle itself could be rigid. And, you know, flexibility is a way to prevent injury. And if you're not doing that, you're really risking injury in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, I can feel it when I'm doing a squat if I, I'm not warmed up enough. Warming up also helps you, you know, uh, get flexibility because the more heated up the muscle is, the more uh, flexible it is because the colder it is, the more rigid it is, you know, in general. So it's like, you know, when you first start running, you can attest for this. You typically are starting, unless you've warmed up prior, you typically start off a little bit slower because you don't have the the strike and the push off on the foot. You know, you don't feel like you're going very fast. You don't have the, the stride length and the stride frequency is not even coming around because you're, your muscles just aren't loose yet. They're not. They're not going and moving. So, it, it's a very important to almost anything you do. I mean, they're athletes. Like for example, in the, in let's say the NBA or the NFL, you know, they'll they'll stretch for 30 minutes to an hour before everything they do, and that's you know way more than most of us do, obviously. But they're they're high end athletes and they're doing high performance sports. But that just a kind of goes to show you, like, you know, if they're doing 30 minutes to an hour pretty much every day and some more, then why aren't we spending, like, at least, you know, five to ten minutes before we exercise to to loosen up and, you know, warm up and do a, a dynamic stretch to kind of get your muscles going because they're, they're kind of showing you how important it is, you know, not to mention physical therapists, you know, when you go in there and you're doing therapy, they typically want you to warm up before you do something, so it's it's important to everybody. It's just a matter of doing it. You know, you have to be conscious of the importance of it. Cause I think that gets lost with a lot of people. They think that, well, you know, I'll warm up as I'll go. I'll just kind of go slow and start and so on and so forth or whatever. But, you know, it only takes one time where you, you're doing something and you get a little too confident and you get hurt. And that's a, it's a major setback. It's not a, a small setback. It's a major setback for everybody because psychologically, when you get hurt, you typically kind of go into a shell. Like you don't really want to, it's harder to start back up exercising after you've gotten hurt. And it's almost, it's even harder for athletes, believe it or not. A lot of them, you know, get depressed when they get injured and so on and so forth because that's what they love to do. And you're taking away something they love to do. And now they have to be sedentary when they're injured for however long period of a time. And they hit this massive depression, and it's it's hard to get started back. They need a, a coach or somebody to inspire them because they kind of hit this really deep depression. Well, you know, we're kind of the same as regular people. Like, we have to, you know, get out of the funk once you get injured because your body is going to go through a stage where you started a new pathway of being sedentary. And unless you're an avid exerciser where you enjoy it and you love it, you've set your best back tremendously and you know for some people that could be years and so on and so forth so that's why you got to be very conscious of everything that you're doing you got to be smart with your body because if you're going to get from a to z like i said you can't just go out there and you know try to do something crazy in a sense because it is crazy when you're not ready Right. I, I get that. And you talked about in the beginning, in a couple of times, you've mentioned dynamic stretching. What does that mean to you or as a trainer? Because I, I want to understand that. Well, there, there's different forms of stretching. So you have basically myofascial release is a form of stretching. It's, you know, where you're basically massaging out the muscles yourself. So that's loosening up the muscles. You have dynamic stretching, which is 
a movement pattern like calisthenics. People know that word. So let's say jumping jacks, jump rope. It could be uh, bicycling, you know, lightly. It could be uh, jogging. It could be uh, doing burpees. It could be doing um, anything that involves movement patterns where you're constantly moving is a dynamic stretch. And then you have static stretching where you're holding a position stretching. Let's say you're in a hurdler position on the floor and you're reaching and grabbing your foot, stretching your hamstring, or you're doing the butterfly stretch, stretching your groin and you're holding it, or you're pulling your leg back and stretching your quadricep in front of your leg and you're holding it. Those are all static stretches. Those typically are a lot more stressful on the muscle. So if you're not really warmed up prior to doing those, you can pull a muscle just by doing that, you know, because it's not very warmed up. And typically what people do with the static stretches is a lot of times it feels good and they do too much. And people don't realize you can actually strain a muscle stretching it. You can pull a muscle stretching it. Like if you're doing too much, if I'm overstretching my hamstring, just kind of, you know, pulling my foot, uh, I can pull my hamstring and and injure it doing that if I keep going. You know, we typically have these uh, reflexes in our muscles and we have, you know, our brain telling us to stop. But for some people, it just like they they think it feels good. So, you know, the pain is feeling good. So they keep going and they hurt themselves. So static stretches, typically I don't have my clients do except for when we're done exercising. We always do it at the end of exercise. We do dynamic stretches prior and myofascial release prior to exercise. I try to get them to do myofascial release on their own because that's the most time-consuming of them all. You know, it's like, think about, again, if you went to go get a massage, would you want a five-minute massage or would you want a 30-minute or an hour massage? That's basically the way the muscle works when you're doing myofascial release. You're applying pressure and you're trying to get rid of the knots, the tension that is in the muscles and release it. Well, it can't be done in less than, you know, five minutes because unless you're only doing one muscle because you're not going to be able to get enough tension on it, the compression, to release the knot. And so, you know, those are all important things. And the, and the last form of stretching is assisted stretching where you have somebody else help you. And, you know, they could take you beyond what you would be able to do normally because you're able to relax because the, the key to stretching is – is relaxation. It's kind of meditation. If you're not stretching, relaxing, and you're trying to force a stretch, you're not really stretching. Right. You're, you're, you know, you, so you have to consciously think about relax, breathe. You know, it, it could be when you breathe in, you kind of, you, you hone the, the energy. And as you breathe out, you just let everything completely relax and you let either gravity take you or you do a little bit of assisting. And, you know, after I'm done working out with my clients, I, I stretch them. So I give them assisted stretching because that is the best form you can get. You know, if you can partner up with somebody and you can have them stretch you when you're done exercising, you could right. always get a lot more than what you would normally do. And the benefits are tremendous when you get further and further along of more flexibility. You get faster, you get stronger, you get better recovery. And your your muscles actually get more definition, too, because you're helping them grow and repair and, and so on and so forth. So it's it's very important in all those different dynamics. So hold on a second. So you're saying that your your muscles get more defined when you do it when you do that type of exercise? Really? Yeah, wow. stretching, yeah. Because uh if you're 
if you're building up scar tissue around your muscle and you're not stretching, if it's constantly uh, getting knots and so on and so forth, it's not getting the full um, definition of the muscle, essentially. It needs to be able to properly form and repair. So, you know, I'm not, you're not going to look like you're, you know, awkwardly shaped. But, for example, let's say uh, somebody has extremely tight hamstrings typically they can't even, a lot of people can't even stand up straight to have extreme, extremely tight hamstrings. They actually have a little bit of a anterior tilt with their pelvis and they're, they're kind of leaning forward with their hips and their, right. their back isn't even completely up. They don't have much lumbar support. Their lower back is usually typically very weak, the muscles there. And their abdominals are typically pretty weak because they're usually very people that, people that have very sedentary jobs typically have that very tight, uh, hip flexors and the, and the anterior tilt with the pelvis that pulls them forward. So, you know, those people are at an extreme risk for back injuries because they don't have a strong core to uh, just feeling back pain in general because of all the tightness in your hip flexors. And usually that can also tighten up your quadriceps also as well because it's pulled over and you're tense and so on and so forth. And like I said, with the hamstrings and then the hamstrings can kind of filter down into the calves and the arches of the feet. Um, so it all kind of works together in a sense. You know, you need to be able to stretch to be able to have proper posture and proper musculature with your symmetry because, you know, you look at people walking and they look like Quasimodo leaning over because their their posture is so bad. And posture goes to flexibility. Your, your muscles that you need, you know, kind of tightened up, they – you're not working them and the muscles that are extremely tight are being overworked. You know, like somebody sitting in front of the desk that has the rounded shoulders and the forward neck kind of push, you know, right. that's, that's from sitting at the desk a long period of time. They've tightened those muscles up so much that it has changed their overall structure of their body. And you can correct it for the most part, unless you're way beyond where you need surgery, which, you know, happens sometimes, but for the most part, it's all correctable through posture and exercise. And, you know, you can see a huge difference by doing it. Like you'll feel it instantly in the beginning. It's probably painful because you have such tight muscles. You've gone way so far to the other side of the spectrum that you have to, you have to pull them apart and they, you have to do it, you know, by, by stretching and strengthening, you know, weight training helps you out a ton yeah. with that because, um, if you can strengthen those back muscles and pull them back and get your posture upright, just the stress that goes off the neck muscles and the front of the shoulders and the, the pain that people get in their upper traps there, you know, that they always have that pain. Um, it, it's huge. It's like night and day. Like I've helped some clients with that and they're like, wow, like, you know, they can all of a sudden like they don't have that neck pain anymore because their posture was so bad. They didn't realize they knew they had bad posture, but they didn't realize that was what was causing the pain and or how to correct it through exercise and so on and so forth. That's amazing. I, wow. Um, you know, I, I've done this afternoon after I finished uh, running and working out, cause I usually work out in the morning. Um, I was, uh, <clears throat> I remember stretching. It was like, it felt really good. Um, but in, you know, when you have more flexibility, everything everything is much more like you have better endurance you, you you've got more power correct i mean do you think that flexibility is huge i i get that yeah absolutely i mean the the endurance part you know the, the blood flow travels much more efficiently throughout the body when it's more flexible because the more tight it is the blood flow doesn't 
flow very efficiently through those muscles when they're extremely tight. Um, and from a performance standpoint, I mean, it's, you know, look at, like I said, all, all the major athletes in general, just as a, an example, like they stretch a ton because it affects your performance. You know, it, it's not just injury prevention, but if I have more flexible, you know, leg muscles, my hamstrings, my calves, my quadriceps, my hip flexors, and, and even my, my piriformis and glutes, I can run faster. I can get a much bigger stride length. So that's how much distance between my feet and when I'm running um, that contacts the ground. And then even my stride frequency, because I can turn over my legs faster. So, you know, instead of every hundred yards, I'm getting, let's say 20 steps, you know, I might be able to make it in 18 steps and I might be able to do those 18 steps even faster. than I was doing the 20 steps because my frequency has gotten faster too. So my time has decreased tremendously just because of that factor alone. It's not that I am necessarily thinking about running faster. I just improved, like I said, my stride length. So I'm covering more distance. So I might be covering, let's say, three inches more, maybe six inches more per strike. Um, in, in some cases, even further than that to actually, you know, increase my stride turnover. And I'm getting more steps in in the same amount of time. So, you know, it also, which essentially is decreasing your time, you know, and that, all that is important. And so you're, so, okay, so you're changing your cadence. Okay, wow. All right. I had, that's, I, I know I do this, right, with stretching and, you know, and, and my steps, as you say, and, and all that. But I had no idea that it was that. Um, you know, that it was that, you know, it's like literally so connected. Um, it's amazing. And you, you know, you told me I, I'm drinking a lot more water. I thought, you know, I'm trying to drink up to, I'm up to about, sometimes I can get three fourths of a gallon in, but um, uh, that's important too for flexibility and stretching and, and just overall, you know, and you have more energy when you drink when you're hydrated. I know that. Um, the other thing you told me too was like using that little ball, like you know, on my foot because I have I had uh, Achilles ch- uh, challenges. So and foam rubber, and uh, I've got a uh, a you know a, um, a roller. And how important is that? Do you, do you think? And you know, because you talked about it in this uh, conversation, but uh, is that super important to use the yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll notice, like, some days, like, my legs are just lethargic in the sense, and it's not because my energy is down. It's just that my muscles are so tight. Like, I'm, I'm a type A personality person, so I'm naturally going to be tight. I'm flat-footed. I have herniations in my vertebrae. All these things affect my flexibility and my energy. So if I'm not foam rolling, like, I can feel, if I haven't done it in, let's say, a week, like, I can feel the difference. It's huge because my muscles just feel lethargic. They feel tight. And when I do do it, it's like I just went and literally got a massage because, I mean, if you're doing it correctly, that's the way it should feel. I mean, it's, it could be painful depending on you, you can control how much pressure you want, you know, but the, the more pressure you put, just like massage, like a deep tissue, the, the more benefit it is, is just the only difference is you're controlling it. So you can either do as little or as much as you want. But it, it makes a huge difference on the way you feel and your performance. I mean, you can feel it. Yeah. No, you're right. I got it. That. that yeah. So, um, 
Well, you know, I'm excited about starting next year with, you know, uh, your, I know you're going to be speaking and teaching and, and creating things uh, for, for yourself and your, in your fitness uh, clients and here with the angel coaches. I'm super excited about that where, you know, the, the things that you're sharing uh, have made a difference for me. So thank you, by the way. And, um, you know, my foot is better. Uh, I'm able to run faster and, and uh, just a few little things like that. So those little things are huge and make a big difference. So yeah, um, you're amazing, Frank. I mean that. So, you know, uh, what's your goal, your personal exercise goal? Do you have anything that you're trying to achieve or an event that you want to do? Or are you, you know, I'm, I want to do a marathon uh, again in the, uh, you know, in spring, I think. Um, but do you have anything that you're trying to achieve or whatever? Is that appropriate to ask because you're the trainer? But I always want to ask you guys that. <laughs> so. Well, for me, it's, it's general fitness. Is uh, I like to – my goal is usually more like events, like doing the uh, the Spartan races and stuff like that because that's that's what I enjoy. Um, I haven't set one up yet for the, the next year because with uh, everything going on right now with COVID and, and for whatever reason, they're just not doing them anywhere near me uh, right. in Miami. Like the logistics, just they're, they're all – I got to pretty much fly to go wherever they are. So it hasn't worked out from that standpoint. So right now it's more just general fitness for me, um, just staying in shape. But, you know, when I can start scheduling those events again, that's what I love. That's what's fun. Yes. I, I've never done a Spartan race, but I've done an obstacle course before, but not the Spartan. That's a tough one. Uh, I, yeah, I would love to. They're a lot of fun. Yes, you said you like those. So, um, yeah, anyway, maybe I'll do one, but I'd like to do a marathon. So with the vaccines and everything, so hopefully we're going to be able to do that. And, uh, and um, you know, all of us, I, I call us athletes, but um, you're definitely an athlete and a great trainer. So I'm excited about uh, bringing uh, some things here on Angel Coaches with you as the trainer, the fitness trainer, and speaking, because you, you shared a lot with me on a personal basis with my own fitness goals. Thank you, by the way. So I'm looking forward to starting with you in January again. And I know you're getting a new puppy, so that's going to help you keep you even in better shape, right? Puppies have a lot of energy, so congratulations on that. Are you excited about having your little one, your new little puppy, who can run with you and play with you and all that? Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be like a little kid myself. Oh, no. They are amazing, aren't they? I, I, there's something like, like, um, they're so innocent and so gentle, but also so much energy. So it'll be a nice fit for you, I'm sure. And for your girls and your wife. Um, okay. So we'll see you in January again. And, uh, Frank, have a wonderful holiday and all those listening to us today. He'll be back, and we're going to do some uh, mind, body, spirit, and Frank's going to really, really challenge us all. Uh, thank you for everything that you've shared with us already, Frank, and have a wonderful holiday, okay? Thank you. You do the same. Okay, my dear. Bye now, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>